comic timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, Network bitch. <laughs> Print it. Welcome to episode 160 of Comic Timing, a comics podcast voted to the average comic book fan from the average comic book fan. Join in as Brent Casino, rotating panel of guests, and myself, Ian Levinstein, discuss whatever comes to mind, time after time, here on Comic Timing. The long-awaited follow-up to religion on comics is ethnicity in comics. We talk characters, creators, what can be done to improve, and what has improved over the years. And we have Julian and Brandon on to uh, even us out. Here now, Comic Timing. Hey there, folks. My name's Ian Levisine, and welcome to episode 160 of Comic Timing. Brett Casina joins us yet again. What's going on, Brett? What's up? Uh, I just wanted to preface this and just say this may also be considered a special after-school edition of Comic <laughs> Timing. We don't know what the topics will... Uh, if we're going to actually talk about what Ian said we're going to talk about, or if we'll just get sidetracked on something else altogether. So, no, Brent. If- drugs are bad. I'm so excited! Well, I'm so, so excited! Just a disclaimer, if we don't get on topic with comics, please forgive us. Uh, I'll just give a little bit of the genesis of this episode. Because of all the things that are happening in Ferguson, Missouri, and if you're in a time capsule and you're listening to this 30 years from now, just search, search uh, Michael Brown, Ferguson, Missouri. I'm sure Google or whatever dominant search engine of the time will give you something that you can read and figure out what we're talking about. But um, I figured with, you know, with a lot of the media and you know people wherever on Facebook saying, you know, we need to have these hard topics and hard conversations about race and ethnicity in America and the differences and, you know, what may or may not be going on for different groups. I figured, you know, we have a a platform. Uh, It's podcasting and whatever the audience is that we have right now, um, it's an audience and we have the ability to talk about whatever topics we want. So I figured why not address um, something that is needed to be talked about in America, and whether we limit the scope to to just you know our subject of expertise, which is comics, or whether we not you know uh, op- we can open it up to our own personal life experiences, I think that's fine. But I think that's the spirit of this episode is not to have a definitive talk about the subject or uh, you know solve any world issues or have world peace, but the the. Sp- spirit of this episode is to kind of hope that in listening to it, you will also have these similar conversations with your friends and to kind of keep this conversation going about what's going on in our country right now. Because to me, reading all the reports, whether it be of reported, you know, major news sites or smaller news sites or whatever Facebook links popped up, I just really got disturbed. So... I just wanted to take our our pedestal and our opportunity and use it to something that would, you know, kind of further the country a little bit. So I, I don't know about you, man. I mean, I'm I'm looking to solve world peace with this one particular episode. I mean, I think I think we could do it. I think with just just this one episode of comic timing, world peace can be upon us all. It's just well, we should have gotten a a bigger Muslim panel because that's probably <laughs> a big contingent right there in the Middle East. Oh, so Brandon Christopher joining us for the second episode in a row because that's, I think, might actually be the first time that's ever actually happened, Brandon. I, I think you're right. And yeah, I want to agree. Other than Megacon, that is. Yeah, well, those are special episodes that really count. But yeah, well, I agree with Brent, uh, what you said there. Yeah, and also to piggyback off that too, uh, actually just by having this discussion here, actually will can possibly solve, you know, social injustice. But I just, by actually acknowledging that that, that it exists, right. we 
also propose ways how do we can fix it as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And what and what better man to to have as our fourth than the man with the mouth himself, the uh, the Ric Flair of both podcasting and comic books, Mr. Julian Lytle. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? It's been a while since I've been on this. You're, da- you're damn right it has, man. It's, it's going well, man. What's, going, what's new with you? Man, it's just life out there in these streets. I'm trying to stay alive like Saturday Night Live Fever, you know. <laughs> or Saturday Night Live. That's live, too. Yeah, both of them, too, because my man died, too. Yeah. My man does the voice. Yeah. I won't watch the show. I won't watch the show. R.I.P. Don Pardo, man. That that man. That is the man who announced the death of Kennedy on radio. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about an icon? You want to talk about a man who was in the business forever? That's exactly what Don Pardo was, and I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna absolutely miss him. Although I do hope, and I'm sure you do too, Julian and Daryl Hammond back in there, and just keep, he keeps doing his uh, Don Pardo impression for years to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just bring him <laughs> back. Give him. A, he ain't doing nothing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, before before we get going with the episode itself, as a reminder, we're sponsored by DCBS, Discount Complex Service, at DCBService.com. Whole bunch of great deals. We are technically in between months right now as this is being recorded. So I'm just going to let you guys know that you can get 50% off uh, Marvel and DC hardcovers and trades at the site, 40% off of Marvel, DC, Image, and Dark Horse single issues, plus some great deals, uh, a little bit higher than that, occasionally 45 to 50% off uh of single issues as well, sometimes even 65% off if you play your cards right. And if you use their digital storefront and you also buy single issues or physical issues in general, you can go ahead and save some extra money on your monthly order, dcbservice.com. We thank them for their sponsorship. So, all right, we're st- we are going to start off comics, and if we meander from there, then so be it. But again, we are predominantly a comic book show. So I, I think this is the easiest way to get things started here. Ethnicity in comics, it, it, it's, it's something that has evolved highly over the years, even since I, I started reading comics in the, uh, in the 90s. Uh, you know, there's, there's a significantly less black guys on skateboards in comics now than there were when, when, I, when, I, was, when I was reading comics back then. Significantly in the day. less general people on skateboards in that's, the world period that's true that's true well <laughs> <laughs> less less bart simpson uh less bart simpson's running out there even if there is a simpsons marathon going on uh, right now in the other room of my apartment but uh <laughs> but 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 yeah no uh a, a whole lot has, has changed over the years uh in in the world of comics as it's changed in the world itself and i'm, I'm gonna start things off with brandon here first brandon how do you how do you feel that uh that comics uh, have evolved ethnically since you started reading them as a kid? Well, let's see, I started reading in uh, 91, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah, over time, definitely they, they have changed and they have become more diverse, but they don't, they're still not 100% true to what real life is, in my opinion, right. I think. Yeah, you can look at DC, and you can see that they made strides, and yes, Marvel's always, for the most part, been predominantly in the forefront of you know diversity in comics, uh, but... Yeah, they're still not there yet, and not, like books like uh, Ms. Marvel, The Shake Up Now, and Marvel coming this September and October, that's certainly going to help. But uh, it it still doesn't ring 100 percent true. I don't think it ever will. But I mean, they're getting closer though, which is a plus. They're taking they're taking strides. What's Str- happening to Miss Marvel in September? No, I was no nothing happening Miss Marvel in September. I'm I'm saying that books like Ms. Marvel. And the shakeup okay. in September yeah, will help. Yeah, that, that, what's that, the shakeup in September? Uh, apparently, Marvel is going to be uh, sort of 
not exactly resetting, but uh, a whole bunch of things are going to be ending in September and and uh, then going on to their next volumes. Like some big world shaking stuff is going to be. Oh, oh, oh. Marvel Now three. Yeah, the, yeah. the quote unquote re 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 reboot. Yeah, the, or the not reboot. Marvels will never do a reboot. Reboot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, they bet they better not. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Julian, how, how about you, man? Uh, how do you, how do you feel? It's grown since you started. Actually, I think. Um, when I started in the in well, I first started in like in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. But when I became like a collector and like around the same time uh Brandon did in like a ninety one that, you know, X Men number one. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The my to, for me, my GOAT uh superhero comic of the modern era. The nineties I think was pretty diverse. And up until like the early two thousands, then as of I think the last like what, six years, they kinda made everything really Really ripe bread again. Mm-hmm. There was a time, you know, you read a DC comic and Cal Rayner, he part Latino, and you had a black firestorm, and then you had all these people running around, and and then all of a sudden they reboot and everybody's brown haired and blonde and white again. <laughs> like it's 1980, like it's pre crisis Bronze Age, but but they all look like they're drawn in a 1994 image comic. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. the hell happened. Well, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that in particular because uh, a perfect example I would give is Connor Hawk. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, that's a that's a character that, when introduced, was part black. You know, that that's at least part of his history. Is that, is that black and Asian? Right? Black, black and Asian. Asian. Yep. Black, no, white and Asian. What, what was, what, sorry, you're right. White. Wait, was it white Asian or was it? Because uh, I feel like technically there was, he would be half white because half, of half daddy. white, half right. Asian. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He's got to be in there somewhere. But but I think it was more like uh, like Panamanian or something along those lines. Like it was definitely something uh, uh, darker than the than the standard white. If you know what I mean. Like they so always South Pacific Islander and white. So yeah, he was yeah. tan. He was dope. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and with the with the reboot i know with with earth 2 at least with his first appearance he was looking pretty damn white i don't know if they've if they've changed that up since then but that that is definitely a, a case of of whitewashing that we've had to deal with in uh, in in regular you know like uh, marvel dc stuff in the past couple of years so i'll, I'll give you that what, much what did they do to him specifically though well, well in just remade him right? yeah they just rebooted him as a white dude mm-hmm. yeah I'm when like, did they re- in the new Fifty Two? They did this in in, in yeah. Earth. Yeah, he showed up in Earth Two at some point. Uh, I I, oh. I I know he was in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I started the episode off really like touching and stuff, but some a lot of this Earth Two reboot stuff, I I don't I don't count it because it, technically it's a yes, it's the same character per se. Because it has the same name, but because it's on a different Earth, I I just discount it as to say that, oh yeah, so this is uh, hey I I don't you know I he was whitewashed you know I what I'm saying? I don't read New Fifty Two, man. I gave up on it. I gave up on the whole DC Comics. Yeah. Like I'm done. Like they tapped me out. I'm like I don't even like y'all no more. Yeah, I he's used to he, he's, he's mixed Asian, African, European. Uh, his mother was half black and half Korean, and his father is is Ollie Queen. So that, mm, that's, look I guess, at that. yeah, uh, we don't I. The, the I've read Earth Two uh, since it come out, and I remember them introducing him, but I don't ever remember them saying that this Connor Hawk is the son of Oliver Queen and so and so. Maybe he's just a dude named Connor Hawk. So to me, that was like a it wasn't a whitewashing. Under I know a lot of people took it that way. Like you, well, I don't know if Ian took it that way, but I know that is one of his favorite characters since he was a kid. So oh yeah. You take uh you know them changing a character more. Uh, 
you know, spiritually, I don't know, spiritually personally, right. than I did this one particularly. But you know, if you hey, if he's not the, if they don't say or if he is or isn't the son of the Green Arrow Oliver Queen, then who's to say that he's the same character? So, well, along these lines, and, and and this is this is something that that I think I can. I can sort of piggyback off that initial question uh, moving moving it forward since we are talking New 52 relaunch. Uh, one, one of the biggest quote-unquote controversies of that is what DC Comics decided to do with Wally West. Uh, and and they made him into into a black kid, uh, and and they made him into a uh, you know they, they essentially made him into an ethnic character when originally he was not. Here's what I ask you guys: Do you prefer characters be newly created if they're if they're trying to go for a you know a new black character or something like that or would you rather see reboots of pre-existing characters only you know now they're black or now they're asian or you know now they're from egypt or or whatever like like what what's your what's your take on that i've been brent I'll, I'll ask you first and we'll, we'll piggyback um i know a lot of people had a had a or still have an issue with it. We haven't seen much of the character in the Flash. I think it's only been like a couple months since he debuted. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't have a problem with it because I've, you know, I yes, most of the Flash that I've read probably was Wally West in the JLA comics. Okay, yeah, and I saw him in the he was Wally West was in the Justice League cartoon, mm-hmm. but making him a a mixed race ethnic character doesn't offend me. It doesn't sway me from the character. Um, you know, I think the background is going to have more to do with what the character is, you know, his background as like coming from a broken home. <laughs> it's going to be more important to the, his character. I don't know. Really? If not technically. <laughs> yeah. Thank really? You, thank, you, thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Really? Come yeah. on. Come on. Please. But, please. Okay. I don't Full know. Force. I don't Full remember. Force. They made him out to be like a, uh, I guess the, the bigger issue I would say is that rather than making him ethnic is they made him ethnic and made him get caught in a police station tagging up a wall or something. Oh, like please stop, Brent, please. Yeah. I'm not mad at what? you. I'm not mad at no, you, No, this is what I'm saying. So it's, that's what I would say is more offensive that automatically he has to be misbehaving or something like that. It doesn't bother me that he's black. I guess from a business standpoint, let me answer the actual question. Yes, it would make sense for them to take pre-existing characters after a reboot like now mm-hmm. and change their their race or ethnicity because they have their name recognition. To whereas if they just introduced a new ethnic character in The Flash, who's to say he would or wouldn't stick? But because they named that character Wally West, it's guaranteed that he's going to at least have a presence for the foreseeable future and that fans may gravitate to him more. Yeah, how's that? That 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 makes nice save. That that that's a nice save. But Julian, go ahead. I know I know, I know you but, got no. Please, someone someone tell me what I, what was wrong with what I was saying though, because it's, it's honestly, nothing, I don't know. It's no, not what it's you not, said. You ain't, you ain't make the comic up. I'm not mad at you but, at no, all. No, no. Tell like, me, tell me it, why it, you were it, saying please to my comments. That's all I want to know. It's just lazy writing. That's really what it boils it down is, to. Yeah, it, it's saying okay, oh, he's we're, we're going to introduce a black character. We make him a little hardcore, a little more edgy. So it's going to make him from a broken home who has no father. It is it's that type of non progressive stereotyping that that hint that kind of alienates a lot of uh, a lot of African Americans, a lot of readers readers of color. Okay, it, and that's that's what I was saying that I would find more offensive though. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, I, I know you were, but I'm saying that's why Julie and I were saying, oh please, it, it just it just reeks of piss poor writing. Yeah, well, and, oh you're you're oh pleasing at the idea yes. of mm-hmm. that rather yeah, than yeah that you oh, pleasing it, my like, specific statements. Yeah, it was that literally the concept you was explaining to especially a person like me. Who's given up on the entire DC universe for the most part? Mm-hmm. 
that like that's what it was. Not even the fact that he was black. All I knew was like, oh, they made him black. And I was like, I was kind of I like I felt some type of way about it. I was like, why he gotta be black though? I kind of liked him as like you know a ginger. Like that was my man's right there. He had kids. He had his Korean wife. Yep. He was doing big things, and I well he's black. And then I was like, oh, so Iris gonna be black in a TV show? Oh, like her dad's gonna be black? So they just gonna make all the West black? <laughs> And I was like, that's why they're going to make Wally West black. Is Iris going to be black now in the comic book? They just make all the West black? I could be down with that. But they're not. So they have stepping. And now I'm finding out he got to be tagging up police stations. Literally, they they introduced him in a future flash forward sequence where I think he was dead or something like that. But his first appearance in like the present day DCU, like – he was a troubled kid, and he yeah. was tagging up a wall or something. They like Jason that. Todd and him, they, Julian. Essentially, they, that, that's yeah. what they that's what they did. Like his origin was, you know, wasn't the first time he's uh, he's found by the uh, by the superhero is when he's uh, doing some sort of vandalism. You know, they they totally Jason Todd up his origin. Like, oh my, I, I agree yeah. that that is totally lazy writing. <sighs> okay, <sighs> like if you're gonna reboot, it is the problem with like that whole reboot thing is is, is problematic along different lines beyond diversity and race. Yeah. When you add in the fact they made him black, then they gave him a stereotypical background. Instead, he could have just been black Wally West. Like, oh, look at my, oh, look at Iris's nephew. Oh, he gets strike with lightning. He comes from a nice home. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of likes fixing things. He's a good kid. He's in awe. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like, like that just, just make. If you just just he could just be a different color shift if you're going to, and then the whole making him oh you you have no idea how, well, how much that makes me angry. Like, it is it is stereotypical, but I'll just point out the I'll play devil's advocate here. Not saying that this is my opinion, but if you were a writer, could you not mine more stories from a disadvantaged, troubled youth past? Because it's not true. Than what That's you just why, described. Yeah, it's not true in real life though. What the story? Whole- I can make a lot of stories about like some kids who grow in, the, in Martha's Vineyard. Like oh, yeah. that in the same, I guess, in the same art, the same vein of the argument that they that Marvel made when they decided to unmarry Spider-Man. That you could quote unquote tell more interesting stories with a single Spider-Man than you could with a married Spider-Man. Okay, here's, here's the thing. Okay, it, 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 but I disagree with that because I haven't read Spider-Man since they did that shit. <laughs> Fuck that. There is no Spider-Man no more. I go with a married Spider-Man. That's that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that is some bullshit. But to answer your question, though, really, it's perpetuating a stereotype, which is not true. Okay. Yes. Not every black person comes from a broken home. Hey, not from a broken home myself. Okay. Yeah. I both my parents. I still live at home. Okay. I'm a pretty much a clean cut black kid. Never broke the law. Never got arrested. You know, I don't do drugs. You know, it's it it just angers me, or not angers me. It irritates me to see this stereotype push because that's what people see and when people and that's when you all when that's all you see that's what people be that's what people tend to believe you could have had like like julian said you could have made him you know all, all american kid you know from from nebraska that's that's what wally bus was from. he was he was a kid from nebraska got struck by lightning why not just do a palace swap for god's sakes yeah well and 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 that's and that's just it too like with with the character of of wally west and here's something that that I that I subscribe to specifically with with really well-known characters with characters that have existed for years and years and years you're going to get backlash if suddenly like you're you're waiting with bated breath for this character that you know so well and you have this look in your head of like what this character is supposed to look like uh, and suddenly 
they introduce him and they're like, well, we decided to, you know, make him this this troubled black youth. Like instead of the the character that you that you know and love, you know, no more, uh, you know, uh, orange orange haired uh, uh, Flash that uh, that you know related to uh, to I- Iris, who in the, again in the comics they did not make black, so that's that confuses things even further. It's but his. They, it's his. Uh, no, what's up? Was it they they, they tanned her up in her in her, in her last appearance? Oh, really? Yeah, they t- uh, they kind of tanned her some more. So, so they're just slowly but surely making her skin tanner to try and try and make it. Uh, She's doing amazing. a reverse Michael Jackson. Oh. Mm-hmm. She got rebellion like gold, like <laughs> Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Ruckus and the old ducks. She gets blacker and blacker. The, the rebellion <laughs> But, but in general, in general, when you have pre-established characters that people know as one specific race to begin with. I would much rather see you introduce new and interesting characters than rebuild ex- pre-existing characters from the ground up. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, like that- I just don't know why they didn't. That's the best thing about DC. They had a legacy. Like, there's just another Flash person, and he's a black kid. Right. Right. Exactly. That's all you needed. Like, you didn't have to use the name Wally West. To, to make him Kid Flash, it could have easily been another. I mean, Aqualad when they when they reintroduced him in the in the pre New Fifty Two, you know that that they went with a a black Aqualad or uh, were they oh, calling him Aqualad? Did they even call him Aqualad? I forget. Uh, um, I don't think officially. No. All right. Oh yeah, black Aqualad. Yeah, yep. yeah, black <laughs> But nah, like they only did that because the cartoon did it. Yeah, because you're right. Guys making the cartoons like we need some diversity because that's I don't know. It seems like animation people is like, oh, look at all these people we have working here. The Asian people, the Latino people, there's black people. Like mm-hmm. we gotta have some people who are like, oh, so here we got kids. They watching this. They like, all look the same. Black Aqualad. When I never, when I ever never figured out is why they gave. Uh, he was his name wasn't Calder in the comics. I forget what his actual name was, but they yeah. gave him like the Static Shock dreadlocks and stuff. And I was kind of yeah. like, yeah. why? Why did they give him that rather than not just the same design he's got in the cartoon? Yeah, because the comic book people isn't as smart as the animation people. Well, yeah, yeah that's that's true. I mean, come on, that's we, Jeff Johns. That's your chief creative officer. Was a head honcho behind don't, that. Don't get it. That's the reason why I'm not reading DC comics yeah. anymore. Come on, come on! Don't get us started on that route, man. We'll we'll go on a rant about how awesome Young Justice is compared to present present DC well, comics. Well, not even that, but so uh, so here's the kind of thing that I, you know, he's the so let's talk about Jeff Johns a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's the chief creative officer of of DC Comics right now. So right, I I don't know what that means in terms of uh, specifically how that extends into animation or film or anything like that. I'm sure he has a hand in it. Yeah, he does. Um, but you know, so he introduced the character of I don't remember his name, Black Lad. We'll call him um, in the in the comics because they had it in Young Justice. And at the same time, he also introduced a new ethnically diverse Muslim Green Lantern from Dearborn, Michigan. And can we fault him for that? I don't think that. But again, they he made him a on the run, conf, you know, to be confused as a terrorist in his first appearance. And he had a rather gun. Rather than a he regular. A power ring. Yeah. He had a yeah. gun on the cover. Rather than a, a regular guy. I, there and is he had a large. He a ski mask for, for a mask also, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh so my that's, what, that's what I'm trying to figure out is. Jackson Hyde was his name diversity. Comics, by the way. Jackson Hyde okay. was his name. And, and uh, his, his birth name was Calderam. But, uh, but he, uh, they yeah. called him Jackson Hyde. Yeah, that's man. Dumb, I don't, I don't, I don't I like know. Calder. Calder, yeah, Calder is the, is the truth. But Hell yeah. Yeah, that whole, I, personally, I think that Jeff Johns, at a certain point, mm-hmm. around the time Brightest Day, got so overwhelmed 
that his creative brain broke. Yeah. And we have what we have here in which they failed attempts at at doing a lot of things, mm-hmm. like what he did to my precious Marvel family mm-hmm. and um, things like that Green Lantern that is is Muslim or something. Or he has a ski mask and a gun. I don't know. I haven't read it. He, I just know he, he looks around? funky. Um, he's and a whole he's still around, but he's yeah. not used. Okay, uh, so he's he's just in the background as like the freaking fifth Green Lantern of Earth because we totally need ever, a fifth ever Green Lantern of Earth. The first since, Jeff, since Jeff Johns stepped off of the Green Lantern book and Hal Jordan took over the Green Lantern Corps as the leader, mm-hmm. uh, and and since the Justice League of America book ended or got can you know toiled up another forever evil crossover, uh, you've not seen Simon Baz. Very or very often, right? Never, always as a side character, not even a supporting or a lead character. Well, all right. So, so here's here's something that I, that I got to bring up, and this isn't even just talking about ethnicity. This is talking about in general. I am so sick and tired of the origin having to involve a troubled past. Thank you. All right. Like that is so played out in so many different ways. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're you're Asian, whether you're Muslim, I don't freaking care. It's so played out because as Brandon said, and as we can vouch for, there are an overwhelming amount of people out there in the world that do not come from troubled pasts that are perfectly acceptable people in life, and you can create damn good stories from happy people. All right. There's at least three on this call right now. Yes. I, yeah, I, I agree. So. There's a reason why there was like, you know, even on this show, you heard me and Sean Pryor and Martha talk about Power Rangers so heavy. Hell yeah. Because you know why? They're just some young people and they just get some powers and they do the right thing. Yep. That's, that's it. Save that's fight it. monsters, save people. That's yeah. it. That's all you need to do. Miles, I got powers. Miles motherfucking Morales. Thank you. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah, actually. You, you yeah, want to talk one. about a positive, positive influence on comics, and I feel like the world in general right there, that is Miles Morales right there. Hell, freaking Kamala Khan now also, too. For, yes. for, for girls. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, they both come from strong families, okay? And they're both their 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 families actually helped to identify them also as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Miles did have a strong family until Bendis killed his mom, <laughs> and then his dad abandoned him once he found out he was Spider Man. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There's a point okay. at which I stopped with that book because and his and his really dad's strong. brother was a a, a stereotypical black criminal. Well, no, 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 no. I, no, I I liked see the the key part about for me the first at least the first eight issues mm-hmm. of Miles Morales Ultimate Spider Man yeah. is that it's still the Spider Man story just told from a different perspective. Right. Where like Miles has his parents. Uh, Miles is going to school. Miles is a little bit younger, but it's still his uncle's death that makes him Spider Man. Is his uncle? It's his uncle that. Always, it's the same thing. Like they both have a key. The key factor is their uncle, and something their uncle says that makes them into this heroic journey. Now later on, when they start bringing when he's when Bendis went crazy with the symbiote thing and he killed uh-huh. his mama, I was like, I'm done because I don't need all this tragedy up in my black Spider Man's life. I just wanted. I for a while I was happy he was going to school. He had his little Korean friend. It was dope. Yeah, and, and and he was thirteen. and He had some girl trouble. He met Peter Parker. He got freaked out. It was all good. And then they went kind of crazy. And and yeah, I don't really know what's happening with my man Miles Morales, <laughs> but I know he's going to be in a cartoon. Yeah, and I, and, and he's going to be and he's going to be in a in a arc of uh, all new X Men coming up too, which which, yes. which should be interesting for him. 
and the cartoon will, will be voiced by Donald Glover, which makes me happy. Yes, the, the, the man who part of me still thinks should have just straight up played Spider-Man in this Amazing Spider-Man reboot. The man who was the genesis for Miles Morales in the first place also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of making an omelet out of some eggs. Like, yes. That was that was the smartest part. Like the, when the, there's a big when there's a public outcry, I was like, why can't a black person be Spider-Man? And they still didn't do it. And then Venice was like, ding, I could make this into a good story. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, let's see what you got. Like, okay. I still kind of want to see Donald Glover as Spider-Man one day. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind that. Grown man, black Spider-Man. I wouldn't mind seeing that. But that, remind, that goes back to our first question, though, about Wally West. I mean, that makes sense because it's – a new character taking taking up a mantle, like you said, it's, it's a legacy. I'd rather mm-hmm. see a legacy character than you know a palace swap for another character. Like you said, we we were waiting for bated breath for months. Oh, from sorry for years for Wally West. Yeah. Okay, I was I was expecting my you know ginger haired green eyed Wally West with six freckles. I was waiting for that character. <laughs> you know. And, and we and we'll never get that character again, at least not until they decide to say fuck it to the New Fifty Two, which I've been hearing about this. What, what do they call it? The Band Aid event over, over over bleeding cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the crisis. Yeah. The, yeah. In the future, in the future's perfect. Uh, future's perfect, okay. or whatever it was, or yeah. multiversity crap. Yeah. So no multiversity is well. It's I countdown talk- arena, but a year long. <sighs> multiversity. We will not talk ill of multiversity. That is the most diverse comic. That has come out by both hey, companies. Hey, yeah. you, you know, you know me, Lytle. Like, you know, I'm gonna read that shit, but I am not reading it until trade. Because if there's one thing that I know about Morrison Comics by now, is I am brain. I am waiting until that full story is out. I read that joint ten times. Less I, I, I think I teared up once when I was reading that joint. <laughs> there be, is you know. literally more diversity <laughs> in the first thirty pages of that comic book mm-hmm. than I've read in any Marvel or DC book. In the last six months. Well, that has, yeah. that has Morocco a, Superman in it, right? You have a, a, a rabbit as a character automatically have more diversity than any other comic on there. <laughs> you got damn Captain Carrot, like Captain Carrot. What do you mean? Captain right? K-Rot mess Captain Carrot. Yep. Mm-hmm. And his Captain Carrot awesomeness. But yes, there's black Superman. Mm-hmm. There's like a black Thor. There's like a gay Flash. There's like a female Aquaman. Aqu- Aqu- oh my god, yes, yes. There's like a whole crew. There's like a gay Green Lantern. There's a there's a savage dragon analog. Oh, yes. Aquaman's black on Earth too right now. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, no, there's, 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 there's another. There's two black Superman DC Universe right now. It's kind of crazy me yeah. say that. Yeah. But, yeah. Wait, it's a, the other... Which, which, Earth, which Earth, Earth Two has a black Superman now too. Really, Zal Odd or something Zod yeah. or something like that. He has a nice outfit. I don't think he's going to survive, but I, I again, I have no clue because I stopped reading Earth Two when James Robinson left. So I, 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 they're they're doing stuff. I just see the occasional like Tumblr image, and I'm like, okay, that that looks like that could be interesting. Maybe I'll go back to it someday. It's, Ian, it's not terrible because it's the guy who's doing Injustice comic, right? But, but so he's he's doing a decent job. All right, okay. So he's not he's not entirely injusticing it up though. It's not the same story. Um, yeah, that's that's exactly. It's still a little a little there, but it, since Earth Two has such a large cast of characters to begin with, mm-hmm. there's less opportunity to delve into the evil Superman than. So uh, his injustice, evil Superman, is a lot more complex than the mind-controlled evil Superman that's in Earth Two. Right. right okay. Now. So uh, what what we're basically saying here, and, and what Brandon said, what I said, what Julian said, and and I, pretty much what you said, Brent too, is that I kind of feel like when you do legacy right, 
you know, and, and that, that is when you do it right, is that you make a new character that's unique and interesting, or you take a pre-existing character and you put them in a new role, and that's what makes it work. Like a perfect example would be Rhodey, you know, James Rhodes, all right? He, he originally introduced just as, uh, as Tony's bodyguard. You know, like he was just another another guy who was around uh, the the cast of characters of Tony Stark until when he was needed, he he stepped into the role of Iron Man, and before we knew it, he was off on his own as War Machine. And to this day, Rhodey is a badass. You know, when when he gets the time to shine, he's a badass. That's a that's a goddamn gun. He got all them guns and missiles. Goddamn it! Hell yeah, hell yeah! And that and and the better color scheme to me. And in, in, in general, that the I, I over. Oh god, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I ain't like I ain't about that Iron Patriot roadie mess though. I'm like I like man. I want his his black and silver back. I'm like man. I went with the said yeah that red, white, and blue mess ain't for me. But yeah, roadie, roadie's my man. Like that's one of the best parts. We reading Secret Wars, and he's talking to freaking Reed Richards, talking about like. You, you're like, you didn't think it could be a black man in this armor? And Reese Richards is like, no, because I know there's just a man in this armor. He's fixing up the armor. He's like, that's right. Reese Richards don't care about race because he's a big brain. When you, when you get smacked down by Photon? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, I call her Captain Marvel. I'm still mad they changed her name too much. I call black Captain Marvel Captain Marvel. That's, Everybody that's should fine. call her that. That's fine. And 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 for Christ's sake, his name shouldn't be Black Lightning. To this day, I'm still pissed about that. To this day, you know, like I, I, like yes, you 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 are you are a black character. You do not need to be called fucking Black Lightning. You know, like either you're Lightning or come up with something unique. Like, how, about, how about we call you Whitefish? <laughs> Thank you. I wanted to be Thunderbolt. I'm cool with it because it was the '70s. He's like, I'm gonna rock it. Like whatever, I'm Black Lightning. Oh yeah, well that's, uh, his character kind of plays more toward the black exploitation, actually, which is ironic because he actually wasn't even like that. He was actually a, he was an educator for the most part too. A teacher, teacher, yeah, yeah, a social activist, which is you know cool. But but when the wrong person wrote him, all of a sudden he was talking jive. Uh, don't oh, don't even get me started about Jim Aparo. Uh, <laughs> So 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 now that we've talked about you know you've kind of said that legacy characters you'd rather see as keep them the same and put them in a new role and if you're going to introduce diversity please introduce a new character mm-hmm. so but at the same time you know we have uh, oh gosh what's his name we have a black Johnny Storm in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie Michael B Jordan right is the actor he's a fine young young actor. I've enjoyed many of his films. He was in Chronicle. Me too. Uh, the, that director's last effort. He's also in uh, Fruitvale Station, which I thought he did very well in. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of people don't like that the fact that Johnny Storm's black now. So, I'm, not, I'm not one of them. I just wish his sister would be black too. See, I don't mind that as much because it, like, you know, say, oh, let's make them both black. But, you know, ado- so one of them's adopted. Uh, so I thought, I thought no. there was, was a marriage because Either like, they're, mar- they're like step. Yeah, step, step yeah, they could be stepbrothers. Right. Yeah, so I think they casted somebody as a father, and he's black. Yes, so. they did. They, yeah, they, they cast Freddie from uh, uh, get the ribs, the ribs owner from from, 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 um, from House of the House of Cards. Yeah, House of Cards. Yeah. Oh, my man from um, out. Square he's been One. In a ton mm-hmm. of things. Yep, I'm in for three, two, one contact. Yep. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. He's he's the guy with the. Most awesome voice next to Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm saying, but like, um, like, if Morgan Freeman stops doing all the narration jobs, <laughs> I want this guy to do it because he sounds—he just sounds like a badass. But yeah, look, yeah. I look, I, I have no problem with that because I've got 
family. I've got family who are who are steps also. So I mean, that doesn't race doesn't make a family. Right. That's really, really that's really what the dynamic the, the dynamic of the Fantastic Four always has been. It's been about a family. Sure. You know? But are they going to be are they going to be steps though, or are they going to be mixed race? We that, don't know. That's, that's we don't know. know. Either steps or mixed race. Okay. Either either way though, it doesn't clearly really she's a little bit too light to be mixed. That's race. what I'm saying. That, that's family. my problem with it, man. And, and, and if if they were to have actually cast a mixed race Sue, then trust me, Brandon, I'd be right there with you. But you've seen Rooney Mara, like. Yeah, she's white as white you can get. Exactly. No, it's Kate Mara. Hey, Kate Mara. I, I, Sorry, I really, Kate Mara. I like her as an actress, but just I don't like her as Sue Storm. Yeah. Personally, I just would have wished they would have went older. No, they this just... is when they should have cast Jessica Alba as a sister. <laughs> so she's mixed race. Yeah, well, yeah she would have fit the profile now. They should have casted everybody in different races. They should have kept. Like, I would have casted Ben Israeli. Mm-hmm. I would have casted, like, Reed, freaking Indian. Yeah. Like, I would have just went crazy. You know, and they you, all would have been you, different races. You just, you just made so many just people just killed happy the Fantastic Four movie <laughs> well, in well, the U.S., well, probably. No, but, but, but when Julian says that, though, I think of, like, how I wanted What's-His-Face from Heroes to play Reed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Milo Ventimiglia? No. Not a dude. Yeah. He was the, the Indian guy? Yeah, the Indian guy, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his name. He was on Covert Affairs after that. Yeah, he's yeah, a really but, good actor. Yeah, he's, he's a really good actor. But that's the thing. British guy, wasn't he? he? No, he's 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 American. Oh. He's, from, he's from Texas. Another <laughs> day. <laughs> Keep it on. Someone IMDb that guy's name. He's a good actor. I'm, I'm yeah, doing, but, doing it right but like right I said now, before, I, I, you're yeah, you're missing my saying when I say mixed race. I, I don't mean mixed races and you know, Kate uh, Kate Mara is biracial. No, right. I mean they're a, they're a mixed race family. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm from a mixed. I got mixed race family also too. Of course, yeah. So I mean, so I don't really see the problem. Well, and, and and I don't I don't see the problem either with a with a movie because that's the thing about movies is that you you can interpret it any way you want. Like it's a hell of a lot easier to do that in a movie than it is in a comic, just because you're starting scratch here. You know this this is a new take on the Fantastic Four. You can make them look any way well, you want. So, the, but my okay, my point in bringing this up though is that I, I kind of felt like I knew that's what your all's answers would be. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a little bit hypocritical to be all like, you know, you can't make Wally West black and from a disadvantaged, stereotypical black background, but then you'd be totally fine with Michael B. Jordan being black and be like, I'm oh, not, that doesn't bother I'm me. I'm not totally fine with it. I'm no, just no, like, but it's, 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 well, you're, you're, you're less um, agitated by it than, than the Wally West thing. No, I think it's going to fail. That's or why. the statement yeah. on legacy characters was that, you know, please don't change them. Make them the same. If they're white, let them be white. And send Dio Rama Murthy, by the way. That's his name. I, yes. It's, okay. it's really personally because I think it's going to fail. So I'm, whatever. I'm not going to give that much thought to it. I really no, think but, it's going to fall apart. But like, like you said, it's a new, it's a new iteration of uh, – it's a reboot for God's sake. So well, it's, it's, it's a new iteration of, of Wally West, but, but – No, it's know, not. An, it's no. Not people are still disliking it, that. It, no, and that's that's the difference though, Brent. This is, this is a new – Take on the Fantastic Four, a new take, not a new iteration. Like this is this is a this is a reboot, restart from scratch, yada yada yada. But the basics, the basic character points so are still 52. going to be there. No, no, it's not, Brent, because it's a with, reboot of the with Wally so with Wally West with Wally West as a character, as you said, and as others on this call have said, they changed just about every single basic thing about that character except for the name. All right, they could still do that for. Um Human Torch. Hey, I, 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 in, in this, I'm going. I actually agree with Brent. Like, 
It's it, to me, it's a it's, little it's, bit it's hypocritical. The, the, that's it's all. The same, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. But personally, like I'm like I wasn't like why they gotta make him like I don't like I like Michael B. Jordan. I like him to get like a paycheck. I want him to eat. But mm-hmm. like I'm like why is he why is he black if you ain't if you ain't race blind casting everyone right. Like I'm not gonna see the movie anyway. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just race blind cast everyone anyway? Just do it's it. True. Just if you're gonna not give a fuck because it's the Fast Sixty Four. Yeah. See, the thing is different between prose books is that everyone imagines what they look like. Right. Uh-huh. But with comic books, you know exactly, exactly how everyone's supposed to look. Right. Why are you messing with something that worked for sixty years? Mm-hmm. Who gave you like really? You're that arrogant. You're not better than Jack Kirby. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> it's true it's true and and but here here's the thing that, that that confuses me though julian like i didn't give a shit when when heimdall was 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 played by a black guy in thor you know i was perfectly okay with that and it's that it i think i'd also be kind of perfectly okay with that if suddenly he was he was black in the comics maybe it's just because i'm less invested in the character that i don't he's really not mind a major if, character right like maybe well, isn't the, they, they didn't they didn't they, they didn't fuck with his origin. That's the problem, though. Right. Okay, yeah. we don't we don't know if they messed with the origin of, of the Human Torch. He could be the same hothead, arrogant, same hothead, arrogant kid, which Look I think he's going he, to be from everything right. I've heard about the movie. So that's okay. That's so what, if he's okay, let, here's let my let question. Me finish, then. Let me finish. Let if, me finish, please. Sorry. Let, okay, that's why I'm less inclined to be hesitant with with the whole Wally West thing. It was a gut reaction to me because it was okay. Broken home, uh, caught vandalizing. Uh, it seemed to be like a change for a change taking. Yeah, casting Michael B. Jordan as a black uh, as Human Torch could just be you know, oh, let's cast a black guy. It could be that that type of thing also. But it feels like they're going to get the aspect of the character with Wally West. They changed the character from the principal, and that's what pisses me off. Mm-hmm. They fucked his origin over, and that's what it makes me angry about that character. Yeah, Michael, I'm more inclined to give Michael B. Jordan a pass because. You know they're doing something new. This is a brand new take on the on the Fantastic Four, and even they said before this is something completely different. They're not they're not adhering to any of the comics at all. They're t- they're treating the powers completely differently. So I'm going to be less inclined to be revulsed by that, like I was for uh, Wally West. Right. I'm also less inclined to to, uh, to actually see this movie, but that's not just because that's not because they're casting a black Johnny Storm. It's because I think this movie shouldn't exist, and I can't wait for them to Marvel to get back the uh, the property. But, but you know, that's that's okay. My so own so my for me biases. with oh okay sorry I'm just sorry. The, Go ahead, Julian, Brandon. Go the ahead. point I wanted to to the point I wanted to interject here was so if they keep the character of Johnny Storm intact, that he's a hothead. And now they so – this is just conjecturing, and this might – I don't know, might be stepping on toes or whatever, but black guy – typically in the media, black guy plus hothead equals same troubled youth background that they gave Wally West. So are you going to give them a pass on that for giving them the, the stereotypical black kid um, – past for that because it's a new take we don't as know yet to... first off hothead does not indicate a couple background not even close yeah. I'm a hothead. i know that i know that however i'm saying to me the way that hollywood writes these dumb stories that might be what we end up getting if we don't i will totally see <laughs> we're not gonna be like happy it. right we're not gonna like it but I'm, I'm just saying you know you're you're kind of like giving it a pass be, because it's a new iteration but when I don't know statistically, they probably will have the same. He'd just be like this new Wally West to me. You know, if he's if he's like, if he's like the new Wally West, I won't like it then. I, the thing is, I don't know the future. I can't tell 
I can't. I'm, I, I know that I'm, we don't know a yeah, thing got, about this movie right. other than that the, what the thing looks like haven't right seen, now. Haven't even seen and a trailer yet, it. and we, and we should I, have by now. I know, I, I know, and we're, and we're shitting all over it, and yeah. we're speculating the hell out of it. Yeah. I'm just trying to point out that there are you know, different biases on based off different things from different people that don't always make sense. All right, go, go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, go ahead. yeah actually, you know, like, Brent has a point, because technically you could say that a lot they have a – they'd like to sometimes write – Black male characters as playboys, that's a little bit too passionate to fly off the handle as be reined in by their, you know, more well-meeting white friends. If Miles Teller puts his hand over Johnny's chest and says, calm down, Johnny, don't be such a hothead, (laughs) is it going to be the man pushing a black guy down or is it going to be Reed calming Johnny Storm as he had in the the comics? That's that's kind of what I'm wondering if where the discussion is going to go. A little bit of both. I I retire from superhero movies, so I'm not seeing this. I'm saying I'm not really giving it a pass. I'm just glad people are getting paychecks. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that's it. After that, like I don't. I'm not. That's not the. That's not the fantastic four I want to see. I want to see a grown ass man, Reed Richards, mm-hmm. with some gray sideburns, oh, yeah. and he's flying into space, and he got his homeboy who was in the freaking military flying a ship, and I want Sue, who's a little bit too young for Reed, but he's thirsty and he's open, and then he got her <laughs> younger brother, and he's like he got a Native American best friend when he get into college, and stuff happens. And yeah, they got cosmic powers, and they doing all the cool stuff. And Doctor Doom is a beast, and he can just go into any movie he wants to because that's how good he is. But I'm never getting that, yeah. so I don't care. You're getting yeah. the total opposite of that because everybody's younger, and Sue's going to be older. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the actress is way older yeah. than Miles Teller, which is but. which is absolutely terrific. They, you know, just go ahead and make this damn movie. Hopefully, it'll flop. And then it'll be back at Marvel, and we can go ahead and have Reed Richards where he belongs. All right, that's all. That's all I'm freaking saying. And they could go ahead and cast the black guy as Johnny Storm then, and maybe he'll be written better than he winds up being written in this movie. I hope he will be. I hope this movie turns out to be absolute shit for different reasons other than the fact that it's that it's race. Because I just want it back at Marvel. That's all I'm freaking saying. Done. Amen. Done. <laughs> I don't really want to support a third Fantastic Four franchise. Like if they get to the third iteration of it, I'm kind of you they, know I, I'll probably <clears throat> see I will probably see this Fantastic Four. I'm more inclined to see this, uh, even though I like the last one and I have defended it many times yeah. on this on this uh, show. So fun, uh, yeah. I, by the third iteration, I'll probably in audiences will probably be more well, likely to be tired of that. You know, you know what it'll concept. be. You know what it'll be, Brent. They'll they'll be using the, the next char- Netflix series. It'll it'll, be, it'll either be the next Netflix series or they'll use the characters first, and then maybe after a few years they'll wind up getting a new movie similar to what they're doing with with Hulk. You know, there's no Hulk movie in the uh, in the pipeline necessarily yet until after Avengers two or maybe even long after that. But we're okay with that because Hulk works better as a character in in these series of movies. I can yes. easily see them doing that with the Fantastic Four, especially if they're not yes. doing Origins again. Who freaking knows? I wanted to touch on real quick before we get into the creators, what everybody feels about Falcon taking over the role of Captain America. Because I, I for one, like the way that this storyline has been going because I started off sort of lukewarm on Remender's run and have since actually really grown to enjoy it a great deal. And I feel like this is actually sort of the natural next step of that arc. However... All of us know this shit ain't going to last. Like, no. eventually, we're going to come to a point where Falcon is no longer Captain America. Steve is back in the role, and Falcon's off to the side. 
Which brings me to the, I guess, the main question of this is, is that okay? You know, you mean the why? Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't. I, here's my thing. Steve Rogers be Captain America by May 2015. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. that's when Avengers 2 come out. Yeah. That's and what everybody's told Marvel in, in interviews. And they're like, no, no, no. There's no, no, not no, actually a plan right? to bring Whatever. it back then. If, if not by May 2015, by when Captain America 3 comes out. You know what, by, actually? By wait, June reboot. of 2015. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Julian, Jean Grey was still dead when X-Men 2 came out. Oh, but yeah, but Jean Grey... Isn't owned by Marvel movie rights. You're right. And they got stuff to sell. My problem is this. I was just mad that they were selling this. Like, look, Black Captain America. Nah, you did that already. When you sold Truth to Red, White, Blue, Red, Black. Like, you did this already. I read these stories already. You have that already. You've had Patriot. You had Josiah X. Don't push this like this is your first Black Captain America when you already had these press conferences. You've already had these newspaper stories. This is that bullshit. Ah, uh, whatever. Marvel what didn't push it that way. Marvel didn't push that way. If you if you read a bunch of the interviews that were done with actual Marvel creators, they weren't pushing it that way. It was the goddamn media that yeah. pushed it that way. Look, like this is- it, hold, hold on, Brandon. Let me finish here real, real quick, and then I'll, I'll hand it right over to you. Um, no, because I actually pointed out to, in particular, when The Verge did a story about this, and their headline was falcon to become first black captain america and i pointed it directly out to them you know what what about uh, uh isaiah bradley you know he was he was the first captain america period you know he was the first black captain america when steve rogers says to isaiah directly you were captain america which he did in that story that makes you captain america period all right and for the media outlets to have not done their goddamn research into this or simply not caring that truth came out pissed me off a great deal. Not just as a comic nerd, but as essentially like treating something as if it's never happened before when it did happen. That's bullshit. Go ahead, Brennan. Look, that whole week pissed me off, okay? Because it was the week that we got the what, Thor in the view, the next day was uh, Captain America, and the day after that was Iron Man, okay? Yeah. Or look, maybe that, that within that within that week, right? That whole week pissed yeah. me off because it it this is what we this is why I hate the I love and I hate the twenty four hour news cycle because we always have to make a story out of something. Mm-hmm. We always have to sens- sensationalize a story. Remember when comics, you know, were a surprise when we were younger? Yes. Why can't we do that again? <laughs> no, because we're because we don't really believe that a comic can sell anymore. You know, you know what? They're because they're they're pandering. You can't. A hundred thousand copies is not selling. No, it's not. But no, okay, look, it can sell. Okay, here's the reason why. You know why? You you, you know why it's not selling? Because you're spoiling the story before you tell it to us. Right. Okay. You're like Civil War. Uh, oh, he surrendered. Or at the end of Civil War. Oh, he got Captain America got shot. That was on the news everywhere. It made national freaking news. And, and for what? Why? So you could pump up, so you could pump up a couple of shoes. How about this? how about we do it the old fashioned way? How about we sell books based on their own merits? That's why that that's why this story they don't they don't produce enough nah, to be able yeah. to sell it. They, they have no advertising. They have no advertising. That's what that will like, sell books. Okay, so so I went into different example totally on the just on the comics and selling and telling a story. So the way that the you know we work on pre orders now on. Uh, 
on comic books. So I went into GameStop today and I traded in a bunch of games and I wanted to get Diablo Ultimate Evil Edition uh, for Xbox One. Yeah. And GameStop, and I live in a large suburban area, there's about, you know, probably seven GameStops within five a mile, five mile radius of my of my house. And uh, GameStop goes, oh, we're out. And I said, you're out of Diablo 3? you got to be kidding me. It just came out. Well, uh, nobody pre-ordered this game, so they didn't make enough copies, and uh, so we don't have them. So they're making them now, so we'll, uh, we'll have it in, in a week or so, is what they told me. Mm. So even now, the video game industry, which they make millions of dollars, and it's not like Diablo is an unknown property. Like, for crying out loud, this game's been on PCs and dominating PCs, and it had a huge you know, impact when uh, they launched it on 360. So I don't understand why they didn't, why Blizzard, the publisher, didn't produce, you know, X amount of copies of, of this game. So I don't, I, I, don't I, have a, I have a theory. So they can make you actually buy directly from them through exactly like the Xbox store. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they don't have to give GameStop any money. Right. Because they can still sell more copies. Like that's, they see at least that game, I saw commercials for that. All the time, yeah. I know. I, I saw it too on the weeks leading up to release. Yeah, I saw I was like, for a year almost. Badass. And I was like, I haven't never played Diablo, but uh, like, yeah. Again, comics. That book, the, the Death of Captain America, sold like three hundred fifty thousand copies. Mm-hmm. Is because it was all over the media, right? Right. It was. If it didn't have that, it would have sold its usual. What was Captain America selling back then? Like what eighty something, eighty thousand? Like yeah, but What's they were. But they were they were going the second, third, fourth printing for that book, and you know that. Well, and and let's and let's talk about yeah, for yeah, a minute. It well, was press, press wise. Yeah, yeah, but but Julian also, when when Death of Captain America came out, there also wasn't digital, and and exactly. that's and that's something that people aren't factoring in at all here. Is like, yeah, you you might not be getting people to go into the stores to to buy a physical copy of a comic, and that's because they have the option of Comicsology, which. We'll give it to them, bam, 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 in an instant. You know, you got the freaking yeah, or the iBook store or the Kindle store. There's exactly. a whole bunch of ways to get because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really shop through Comicsology anymore since they changed their app game. Right. I'm like, I ain't they ain't for me. But but and, yeah, I feel you. And, but and, and that's the problem with the press for this and press in general is that Marvel is still in the mindset of letting people know about events essentially before they happen. When what you should be doing is, because you could do this with with comics, wait a week. Uh Wait a week until you actually report it to, you know, USA Today or Fox News or the Colbert Report or any of that shit. Because guess what? Nobody is going to freaking tell the difference if you're advertising that you can get it in stores because it's already in stores or... You can buy on a Comixology because it's See, already it, on Comixology. That's the okay, mistake they're making. They're, that's not their business model, though. Why the hell is it? That's not their their business model is to gen up pre-orders, which apparently the video game industry is now on this fucking business model of you know why generating it's, it's up pre-orders. Diamond controlling. That's why. Yeah. But, yeah well, games know, but, kind of been on pre-orders me, for a while. Yeah. Let me let me let me finish though. So they're not on the business model of a newsstand and oh, it's on newsstands now. Go get it. They don't produce enough copies to be able to do that. So if for say they did that and say hey. Did you know we launched a new Black Captain America number one last week, and you can go get it right now? If there were a huge explosion, if every black person in America ran out and got that comic, they would not have enough copies because Marvel doesn't will not produce enough 
to sell that many. And for the so their whole business model is to generate pre-orders. So that's why they're telling you in advance. So and, until their business model changes, that's what they're going to do. And they're going to yeah. have to change their business model because what they should be doing is it's pushing for digital. Pushing for digital, and well, not even just pushing for digital, but when you and they do do this on the really big comics because I know that they did this on on Axis. They actually printed a shitload more than they actually were uh, were, were pre-ordered. Essentially, telling comic shops that if you buy a, a crap load more than you yourself are going to be getting on pre-order that if you don't wind up selling these comics you could then return them to us and you'll get a special uh, a special edition of uh, of the Avengers number 44 that'll be coming out which is the final issue of Avengers so they've done this sort of shit before they should be doing this with their quote-unquote milestone issues that they know are going to wind up being important that they know they're going to wind up advertising and print that shit in bulk and have that be out there to ship to stores at a moment's notice, and bada bing, bada boom, you've already got them there. All right, that's I, I'm what totally they should with be you. doing. I'm totally with you. They have Disney backing them. They totally have the capital to be able to do that. Yes. However, that is not the regime that's in place right now. That's and that what they know to the... do is to drum up pre-orders. Yeah. And that is part of the problem, which overall leads to problem diversity. They they don't think progressive. They don't think ahead. They're stuck in their old ways. Yeah. But but let's let's think about this, Brandon. Bringing it back to Ms. Marvel for a minute, uh, and and we are going to try to talk about things that aren't Marvel and DC. By the way, we're just sort of stuck in a hole right here. But think about Ms. Marvel. How many print things is that on now? Six, I believe now. Boom. All right, that is gold right there. She did a lot of marketing herself, though. G. Willow Wilson. She was she on. She was on shows. She was on. She was out there. She was pushing. Mm-hmm. And so was the was the editor. What's her name? Um. Uh, I follow her on Twitter, but she has one of those weird Twitter handles. It's not her name. Yeah. But yeah, she was out there. She was really pushing. It was all there. the whole team was pushing that book quite heavy. So like, they they was really smart. Well, the people who were, they were really passionate creators on that book. Yeah. So like, yeah, I I think I think they need to improve the advertising budget for these comic books. But that's that's an entirely different that's an entirely different discussion. <laughs> Right. Well, I d- I'll just say, going back to what do we think of Sam Wilson as Captain America? I I I don't care. I think it makes a lot more sense for him to be Captain America's replacement than the uh, half cybernetic suicidal assassin that just got dethawed and got his memories back six <laughs> months later. So to me, this should have happened years ago, but in, uh, Falcon should have replaced Cap when he quote unquote died mm-hmm. rather than Bucky because Bucky was in no shape to be Cap. No. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Good ass story. Look, I, uh, it was a good story, but this, you know, weighing it out right now, it's like, man, they should have done this first years ago, mm. rather than like, you know, then do it now when they're in their ethnic renaissance or whatever you want to call it. Right. <laughs> Diversity sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they if they had done it, th- you know, what is it? Almost ten years ago now, mm. it'd have been a lot bigger of a deal because they wouldn't, you know, at the time anyway, they weren't doing a lot of these. You know, uh, ethnically diverse books as they're doing are now. Not that I'm saying it's bad, but it just seems like it's corporate pandering almost. Yeah. Well, to the critics who are crying out that there there's not enough, and yeah, there's not enough. But the way that they're doing it to me is almost kind of like uh, it's half-hearted because there's so much coming out. So I I, d- I did want to sort of uh, transition a little bit towards creators for a minute uh, before we get back to characters. Uh, this is still one of the major problems with comic books today 
is it's a whole bunch of white guys, you know, and, and I'm, I'm talking and this this applies to both women and it applies to getting in more uh, more more black creators. And uh, yes, I know that there are some more Hispanic artists out there, and that's also great to see. But it, it's been a white boys club for years and years and years in the comic book industry. And do do we see that changing over the next few years? I mean, do we no. see uh, more <laughs> I, 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 more openings out there? I'll go with you first, Julian, because I know you have a very strong opinion on this because we've talked about this before. Oh yeah, I don't I don't see it changing because of the way this the way the system, especially as it is now, works. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's it's very click based. Yeah, it's very. Like I'm, I've been a fan for this forever. I got in. I'm going to put my friends on. It happens to be, and this is this is, people are actually doing studies on this. A lot of white people, the majority of their friend base is majority white people mm-hmm. in certain parts of the country. Yeah, where like a minority person usually has have usually has a more diverse state of friends because you were a minority and you go out to the world and you just end up meeting people. That aren't your race. Right. So, like, they're not putting on a bunch of other people. I don't even think a lot of, to be honest, I don't know if a lot of minority people even, even though they dream at it and they may try to break in, they may hit this up against a wall and they give up. And and just some people just don't get the opportunities, mostly in writing. Like, because there's, there's a significant bit amount of diversity within the artists. Oh, yeah. But this is such a writer-driven medium right now mm-hmm. that, like, even though you're adding in all these diverse characters, they're all written by mostly, like, 35 to, like, 50-year-old white dudes. Like I wouldn't even I would even just love to see some more diversity in age. Like hell, at least give me a twenty three year old white dude. I, why ain't you even giving him a shot? Like yeah. why is like the same the same people from the same areas all the time? It's true. Yeah, and you're not letting anyone else on. And then like, and I've known too many people. Like I've seen them hit the wall, and then they just stop caring, and they just I'm going to go work in animation, or I'm going to go write. On like a sitcom, they, they they do all these other things, and they're like, "I love comic books." And it's like, "Why didn't you work on these comic books? Because you guys didn't let me in. Like, why did you let these guys in? Because oh, because you guys had a fun time at the Hyatt in San Diego. So that that what that guy gets in just because he bought you a drink and y'all was really had a really fun time that night, or a couple yeah. of nights. Really, that's how you get in, not from work. All right, I see how it is. See, cool. and that's why the industry on the writer side needs more guys like C.B. Sapolsky was on the artist side. Because, you know, we know that guys like C.B. went entirely by portfolios and what people could do, and not necessarily, I bought you a drink here, let me let me in the door. You know, it's it's not... Marguerite it's, Bennett. <coughs> yeah, Mar- Mar- Marguerite Bennett, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, yep. But She was a student, technically, but god damn. Oh, I know, I know, mm-hmm. but... But we need more of that on the writing side, which is, again, tough because it's exactly what you just said, Julian. You go with what you know when you're an editor. And that's – it's difficult to break out of that spectrum. I sincerely hope it does happen in the next few years because, you know, I feel like I feel like we just don't get that enough in, in this medium in general. Brandon, let me get your thoughts. 
look, uh, not since you know Christopher J. Priest and unfortunately the, the death of Dwayne McDuffie. It, it's hard now, honestly, because mm-hmm. Dwayne was that force to get a lot of diversity in comics. Hell yeah! And ever since he died, it's it's they've kind of gone back to the old like Julie said, the old old boys club. Mm-hmm. And it, it it is hard because well, Julie and I are both writers. We're both black, and it's it's hard to break in when you know they're not going to open the door for you. And it's not and it's not because you're black. It's they're, they're not going to open the door for you because they don't know you. You're different. Right. At least with Dwayne, he would actually push for new new voices or new or new ideas. It, it, right now, they're looking for uh, homogeny, and they're looking for because homogeneity actually is safe. New ideas are, you know, untested, and they don't know how they're going to sell. They're looking for stability, and that's kind of what's the problem is. You know, stability may be safe, but stability isn't always isn't always fun, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I can't agree with that anymore. I mean, because you get then you wind up just getting the same over and over and over again. Yeah. Okay, so instead of railing against Marvel and DC, who recently have seemed to be like either you're a friend of somebody or you're a uh, semi-successful independent creator, and then we'll bring you on to quote unquote the big guns. So yeah, I don't who like are that some? Either, right? I, yeah, I'm, I don't like that either. I think they should break the new talent on on you know writing should be writing. So give me some examples of some creators out there, not maybe not working for Marvel or DC, that are putting out good work that are. Ethnic, I guess that's a weird way to say I, it. I, I don't know because you know what? To be honest, when I was, my point wasn't just about Marvel and DC. My point is like overall, it's hard to get in the dark horse. It's hard to get in the image. It's hard to get the IDW. It's hard to get in the boom. It's just hard. So mm-hmm. it gets to a certain point that I personally think that all this diversity—I mean, not diversity, but like adversity—into like breaking in or getting on here is just going to drive people to go independent. To a certain degree, and push maybe some other type of publishers, and just or completely self-publish through Kickstarter, and they're gonna get themselves out that way. But I know personally, ten years ago, I wanted to break in. I wanted to draw a comic. I wanted to work on things like the X Men, or like I really wanted to work on Dazzle and Jubilee. But I've come to this <laughs> point that I know in my life that I most likely am never going to do these things. Because by the time if I get to a certain level of notoriety, when they come a knocking, I'm gonna be like, "What do I need you for? I'm already hot. I don't have any. I, I don't. I want to work on your stuff now. Like I don't care. Like I'm gonna be 40 years old. Who cares about freaking drawing Batman at 40? Don't give a damn about that. I'd rather make a movie or something. Like who cares? And I have a lot of friends that be coming to that point. It's like I used to. I've seen friends who had their heart broken, and I know they were good because they used to make comics. We used to pass them all out to New York City when we was in college. They get stuff now. Now they, they, I saw them get their heart broken, and then I would see comics come out by people that were lesser than them. And now it's like they do their own thing because now they don't care. They've worked at places like Viacom and, and Cartoon Network or Comedy Central. Like They don't care. Like I don't need you, Marvel. Like I'm good. I don't need you, DC. I don't need you, Image. Like, who cares? Like, Image, even, they, they do the same thing. They put out all the books by all the guys who have the top 10 Marvel and DC books, and they pump them like they're these new great things. It's like, no, Jonathan Hickman shit is already selling gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Why are you pushing him in my face? He already eaten. Where's the new cats? 
<laughs> Brandon, you, you I don't know. I can't solve I can't answer your question, Brent, because I don't know. I know a lot of people, yeah. but I don't know how they're gonna get on. I don't know anymore. And 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 that's and that's a thing too, Brent. Like I go to a lot of conventions, well, not nearly as many now as as I used to, but you know, I do I do New York Comic Con occasionally, I'll do Baltimore Comic Con. Uh, I, I will do some of the smaller shows here in New York and I'll meet these guys and they're not necessarily but I'm not not necessarily gonna remember them the next year, all right? Because I meet a lot of people. <laughs> you get you get what I'm saying? Like if, if I don't if I don't then talk to you online or you don't want I don't wind up seeing your name again on a regular basis, I'm gonna forget who you are and your book's gonna wind up in a pile and I might read the book, but it's it's not necessarily gonna re- make me remember who I got it from to begin with and uh, what the situation was. That's happened to me on a bunch of the comics that I've read afterwards. I'm like, oh, who was this again? And unless I looked them up online, I'm like, oh, or, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's a black creator. Great. Fantastic. You know, otherwise, it's just a name on a, on a piece of paper. Like, hustle and hunger is really what it boils down to. Yeah. How, how good can you hustle and how, how hungry are you? You're right. But mm-hmm. to answer your question, like, it's not, it's not but about – But see, to me, that's – to me, that's what it should be about: is hustle and hunger. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that there are enough black creators or Hispanic creators or Chinese creators or white creators. It should be if you're good enough, you're good enough. Right. That, but- to me, that's what it is. But uh, and to me, that's what it. Is. That's not just in comics, but in the way of the world. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people seem to disagree about that, and yeah. that's how we end up with these corporately mandated diversity training or new diverse characters to pander to the people that are crying out for it so it's not yeah. it's not pandering it's just certain degrees it's like what is your experience as a person that means that you can truthfully write x character yeah. like i do not have the experience the life experience to write from like a realistic completely realistic way let's say, a Mexican immigrant character living in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. I don't know that life. Right. But if all your black characters and all your Latino characters and all your Asian characters are all written by middle American, middle-aged white dudes... That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. At least when I read manga, Japanese characters written by Japanese people most of the time. Yep. That's a real ass experience. They know but Japanese if school there aren't enough, and if there, there are, enough. they're not picking them. It's like when you pick a team. It's like when you, the front office needs to go out there and go get new talent. If you're not doing that, then you suck uh-huh. as a GM or a scout and you get fired and they get a new one. <laughs> it I'm, works in sports. I'm watching. I'm watching Friday Night Lights right now, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. So look, all right, so. To piggyback off what Julian said, look, like, like you said before, we we, ba- we write on basic, we write based on experiences. So, can you write about an experience where you got pulled over by the cops for no reason? Uh, absolutely not. I can. And so, say you're say you're writing Miles Morales, okay? He's walk, he's walking home from school one day, he gets pulled over by the cops, and you know you wanted to talk about what's going on now. You really can't write from that experience. I can though, because I I've been there before, and that's really it. Because you're you're looking for authenticity and things that in things that ring true in comics, you know. Yeah, they're yeah they're escapists now, but sometimes you you really want it when they're trying to tell a story that's ha- supposed to have an emotional impact. You want to make sure that they have an emotional resonance resonance with that story, and having 
books written by old white guy, old white guys who are writing black characters or Asian characters or Latino characters, they don't know what it's like. They don't know how the struggle, honestly. And you want to have a voice who knows what they're talking about when you read a comic. Yeah. And I think that's why we cry out saying there are not enough black writers. There are not, there are not enough characters who are, who, repre- who are representative to what I am. Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, look at uh, one of your favorite characters, Brent Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. Jaime Reyes. Two white guys. Two white guys. Yeah, but it, they got essences of the characters right, but then they didn't get a lot of essences of the characters right sometimes also, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. He's only been written by white guys, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I'm, if you count all the interpretations of the character, I don't know if he's always always been written by white guys. Well, well, Jaime Reyes, I'm talking. Yeah, I know that. I'm not counting the Young Justice. Young Justice, arc. Brave and the Bold. There's, not counting those. I'm talking comics. What, comics but that's but that's my yeah. If you want, that's fine for me. When I count Jaime Reyes, I count because now I don't even know if he exists anymore. But I'm just saying, like I count his entire explosion to the scene. So it's like yeah. I may not like the comic version. But a Young Justice version, which was, first of all, that was a pretty authentic portrayal. No, no, no. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. totally behind the Young Justice version. Yeah, like, I, lo- I watched the first episode of Brave and the Bold because of that. I'm totally behind those versions of the character. But I'm talking, we're talking, I'm talking about comics, so I'll just specify in, in it's, comics it's, created by two white guys, written by most, I think, only white guys. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, I'm not hating. My thing is, I'm not hating on white creators doing it. I just wouldn't mind seeing some other people get some chances and some shots. And when people start bringing up a thing that's just like, it's all based on talent. And then I look at all the talent and I'm getting to an age where you can't tell me that these people know more about art than I do. And I got a degree from one of the best art schools in the history of the country mm-hmm. that cost me a lot of money. Yep. I don't, and you might not have any, you have no training in art. Like, I don't know if you really can tell me that that person is better than that person. You're right. I can't. I just don't believe it no more. Yeah. Like, I'm getting too old for you to just tell me that you think you know more than me now. Like, I've done too much. I've seen too much. I've read too much. Nah. So now the world is becoming apart. It's starting to shake. I'm starting to get cynical. Like, I don't. I don't believe you. You need more people. For me, with the comic industry, I don't care. I'm going to make my little box. <laughs> I want to make my stuff. And if I don't, I, I don't care. I'm going to put it out. I have a decent job. I'll make money that way. Y- y- but the industry, I don't really, I, I'm starting to give two shits about the comic book industry. I just care about the medium of making comics. Julian, part of me thinks I was better off before I started podcasting and going to conventions because before then, I, honest to God, because I didn't see a lot of photos of people, I would see a name in a book, and I'd think to myself, oh, wow, maybe that guy's black. You know? Yeah, you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't even know who these people were. Like, exactly. I didn't even say John Byrne's name back when I was a kid, right? I was just like, I, John Bryan, I don't know who the hell this guy is. <laughs> it makes me look great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you said, before we could see who they're like, I mean, look at, when Wizard was still around, look, look at their top ten. White, 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 mm-hmm. white, white. Yep. 
Well, I don't know. Back in the 90s, you might catch a little something. Like, he's like, oh, Jim Lee Asian. Like, half their list was Asian back in, like, 95. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, like, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> like, it's like, no, but Asian people, like, oh, Yo, Jim Lee eating, his man's is eating, while some potassio's eating. Like, oh, man, they got mad folks. And Asians like, and Joe Mad. That's it. Joe Hey, and then the writers, like, oh, they got Christina Z. She was always in it in, like, a bikini for some goddamn reason. Because <laughs> like, it made her in the top 10 list. Hey, whatever. <laughs> like, I, hey. But I'm just saying, it would just. Back then, it was just like whoever was hot was hot, and you didn't really pay attention because, like, you saw 10 people for each side, but you might read like 80 comic books. So, you like, this is all these other people, you never knew what they looked like. Yeah. So, but like now, when you start seeing how the sausage is made, it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> like, oh, um, okay. Um, <laughs> look, look, there's a problem when you look at probably the most diverse book in the last 10 years, which was 52, it had a completely diverse cast. It was written by all white guys. There's a problem with that. Yeah. I, I, I would say although, this, that my favorite Scott seems to love adding in a whole bunch of characters from different races up in his comic books, man. he just be like, I'm going to make an Aboriginal Thor. I'm going to make Nix Uatar black. I'm going to make black Superman. <laughs> I don't know what's in that with that Scottish dude, but he's my man right now. He's out there wild. Dropping acid. He's out there wild. He's like, he give me what I need. I can, if I had some kids, I'd be like, I can read that. Like, look at that. That's Black Superman. He's saving the multiverse. <laughs> so, okay. So this, uh, this is one of the things that kind of bothers me is, is the, uh, there's not enough, you know, what Brandon just said, you know, when I start seeing the sausage or whoever said it, the sausage is made and it's a bunch of white guys. There, well, it's kind of a combination of what both y'all said, but there's the, that inherently because of the fact that they're 52 is the most diverse book and ages and is it all written by all white guys there's something wrong with that to me like if you were to apply that same statement and go okay you see all the people working at um where i work and it's a bunch of white dudes making the same products and and there's no there's no black engineers where i work at least on my team actually no my lead is black so that doesn't count but i mean if you were to say that you know hey we need more black engineers i'd be like okay great but there were none in my college classes, or there were very few. So I, I don't understand. Part of that argument, I guess, for me has kind of been like, if somebody were to come up to me and be like, make a really head and and a, and a justified argument that we need more black engineers in my building or something like that, I'd be like, okay, great, but the, you know, and then they'd ask me, do you know any? And I say, no, because well, yeah, there yeah. weren't any, there weren't that many in my in my college classes at University of Florida. Well, you don't, so you don't, that's a I don't I don't know how to solve that. I don't know a, how to solve that problem. That's a bigger so issue. So I would apply the same the same logic and the same argument to uh, creators and comics and or any industries that that's a larger issue. I don't know how to solve that. I, I I think that's a bit different because that goes along with things like education, and access. You know, in terms of comic books, when I go to the convention. And I see a whole bunch of people in the artist alley that's of color. And most of them are pushing their own books, probably self-printed. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting shots. And I see sometimes guys that I've seen like they're less time and they're getting shot at books. Okay. And some of the times I see it where they kind of just hung out with a bunch of people at the hotel after the convention a lot of times. And that's like... Then it starts to become nepotism and not talent. Right. 
Like, like it'll be fine if it was just like it's not always talent and it's, it's networking and like being friends with people and being cool. Like I, it be, it would be nice sometimes if I saw it was just talent. I just don't always see it just as talent. Well, okay, I haven't been to a con in years, so I cannot accurately say that. Well, what you just said. Per- perfect example uh, would be uh, I, I forget his name offhand, but. The guy who took over uh, Booster Gold for from Jeff Johns, oh, yeah. Sterling Gates, was yeah. that was that Sterling Gates? I think it was. No. Was it no? Was it? No, it wasn't because because I'm not thinking of that. I'm the guy. The guy who he was took... co-writing it with him. Okay, then maybe that's not what I'm thinking of. But Jurgen? No, no, Jurgens was the artist. There was the guy. Yeah, it was Jeff, Jeff Katz. Johns. And Jeff Katz. That's who I'm thinking of. He was co-writing it with Jeff Johns when they launched it. All right. Well, the man that I'm thinking of is Jeff Katz. All right. The guy, the guy who was co-writing Jeff Johns at Booster Gold after uh, Volume One Fifty Two pickup, and he and Katz wound up taking over. Probably meant he was doing over. the heavy lifting. Yeah, it, and Katz was doing the heavy lifting or whatever. Why did Jeff Katz get that job? Because he was, used to be Jeff Johns' personal assistant. Same thing for Jeff Johns. How did Jeff Johns get? Uh, how did Jeff Johns get work on um, on GSA? Right. Uh, is is because he was uh, Richard he, Donner's personal assistant? <laughs> Which put him with, well, it was Goyer. Goyer was a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. They are, it's, yeah, I, but I'm just saying, I'm from my personal experience, from what I perceived from going around to the conventions, going to the after hours things, going to the parties, seeing the people, and after a while, it's just like, you guys can say it's all about talent, but some of y'all are just really cool with each other. And you might be fans of this person's work, or like it's like a lot of things like that. And you know what? And that's fine. But it's like a few people that control a lot of things. I don't. Right. I don't think it can connect technically with like engineering. Engineering is is like a really, really, really fucking hard profession. Mm-hmm. And you know, what I'm saying I respect the fact that you're an engineer. That's some gangster shit. It's not that hard. <laughs> like, nah, man, that's a lot of studying you had to do. Like, you know, yeah, it was, like, a, it was a lot of studying. But I'm not. I'm not but there are also not, a, a lot of factors, that, though, that lead into engineering, socioeconomic factors, uh, where you grew up at, what schools you go to also, high schools, elementary schools. You know, it's a, it's a, a lot of different factors. I think comics is more of a open, even book. Playing, open yeah. book or even playing field, honestly. Yeah. Well, and, and at the same time, like, so is there really a way to solve this? Because there, there's no way there's ever going to be an open-door policy, a 100% open-door policy to – getting comic books published because then they'll just be inundated with a whole bunch of scripts they're never going to freaking read just piled up there because you know that's 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 just not the way it works you know like there's a reason there's a reason why people don't blindly accept scripts at at the big companies and it's exactly that is that they're going to continue getting junk and they're going to wind up having to go through all that to find the good stuff and and when when they do find the good stuff they'll pass off as their own right Uh, cough 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 um yeah exactly (laughs) I, I'm kind of wondering, uh, just reflecting on the state of our comics industry, ours being us as the fans, there's not enough, in my opinion, there's not enough business going around to justify that they go and look for new talent like that we're talking. If there were a lot of sales going on, like, you know, if we were in the in the boom of the 90s where a comic would sell a million copies or... In the, even in the 1940s, when the newsstand versions were selling thousands, hundreds of thousands upon hundreds of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of copies, 
uh, and we had the technology that we have today, yeah, you might ha- because there's such a high margin of uh, profit margin or something like that. Now they're hell yeah, let's take a chance on X new creator and X new creator and hey we yeah here's some new black guys that have a great idea. Let's hire them because we have money to throw away or not throw away, but we have money to spend on research and development. I don't think that there's enough money to spend on research and development in the comics market to do that now. So yes, it is left to those self-publishers, those guys who have the heart and the hunger to do it themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. if 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 you're running a small business, um, so speaking from from my prof- profession, from engineering, we have I work for the for the government. We have small businesses, technically, are 500 people or less in the government size, but they only have so much money to bid on these government contracts. They have to bring in enough money, and they have to go out and get and get you know and bid to bring in more money. But they only have so much you know research and development on what what contracts they should bid on, and they have to be smart about it. Uh, So in the same way, even though these comic companies are now owned by large corporations. These large corporations aren't giving enough money to have their research and development team for their licenses, which is really what the comic companies are now, mm-hmm. to do their research and development to produce more more licenses. So I think if we see an influx of money into the comic companies to do these things, to take more chances, absolutely I think you'd get a, an influx of more ethnically diverse or background diverse writers and artists. But because there's not, to me, in my opinion, because there's not enough money flowing right now into these comic companies for research and development, that's probably why we're seeing the same old boys club, because they have guys that they can rely and depend on. And you can write your letters to Disney, care of Marvel Comics. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's my opinion from my small worldview and my profession. No, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. But I think also, too, like I said before, it also boils down to how comics are shipped out. I mean, Diamond has the chokehold on on distribution for a lot, mo- uh, for most of the comics. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a problem. We, we we hopefully one day we can go back to a, a new stand model. That would that would be great. Right. I know it's never going to happen again, but that would be great though. That would bring in so many new readers. Uh but until the day comes, I think honestly we have to start looking for independent books. I mean, look at what mm-hmm. books like Watson and Holmes now, okay? Yeah. That's on its that's on its second volume. That's on its second volume Kickstarter now. Yep. So uh, and there's no reason that book should not have gotten picked up by like I don't know like IDW or uh, Boom or another smaller quote unquote smaller press studio. You're seeing you're seeing a bunch of these successful Kickstarters getting picked up by the dark horses and IDWs of the world, which is nice to see. I mean, obviously, not every single book can be picked up right. in this fashion. But it, again, it is nice to see at least, say, you know, 2 or 3% of those Kickstarters actually making it somewhere. See, I don't like, I actually personally don't like that, but that's just my part. That's just, I have a personal bias against that. What, you, you feel like it, it's almost like an easy way in, or what? Like, oh, you you picking me up after I already got $100,000. Mm-hmm. Like, why why are yeah. you here? Right. Like why? Do, why are you here? Like I probably wouldn't even accept that. I mean, like get get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> but but you know, to be a hundred percent fair, there are guys like you know our main man Jamal Igel that mm-hmm. kickstarted their book and then got picked up by by uh, Action Lab Entertainment yeah, to, to distribute I'm sure it Jamal did that. a ton of work. Oh, 
absolutely. We know that he did a ton of work yeah. on My Danger to get that book out. Dude. He's still shipping copies of the yeah. book out that he has to get printed himself and, and ship himself. Jamal's so you're telling me that if you did all that hard work and some company said, hey, we're going to take care of all that for you, that you wouldn't jump at the chance and be like, hell yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's, what, that's what Gail Simone did with – Gives uh, him with more the, creative freedom to yeah. – uh, to produce volume two, right. Gail Simone did that with leaving Megalopolis. You know they mm-hmm. they fulfilled all their orders themselves, and after that, it's now a a dark horse produced book where they can continue selling it past the Kickstarter, get their word out there, and then when a volume two happens, it'll more than likely be Kickstarted again because that because you know that's that's where the distribution ends and and they wind up having to you know against essentially almost like prove themselves all over again and then maybe get another deal. Yeah, I, again, I was just speaking for me personally. No, dude, no, no, and I, I, I completely understand that. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to say that, like, you know, essentially, it is a way in the door for a lot of people to get their get their name further out there because you know, Kickstarter is only so big. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, man, hey, man, I just, I think like old rappers, man. If I'm selling out of my trunk and I'm already going gold, <laughs> I don't need you, Def Jam. Get out of my face, Universal. <laughs> Fuck you, Interscope. I'm already eating. Eat it, DDP. Well, the way that those deals are set up now, absolutely, you'd be eating more if you kept those guys out of your pockets. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I want to. I want to end things uh, with some of our favorite characters of color over the years that uh, that we appreciate. It could be the smaller characters. It could be the larger characters. I honest, give me like your your three favorites over the years, like immediately that come to mind. And and we'll uh, we'll go into final thoughts from there. Uh, Julian, let me let me start off with you, man. Okay, Spawn, boom, Mister Miracle, mm-hmm. and shit, this is really hard because I didn't plan for it. War Machine because I used to beast with him in Marvel's Capcom too. Nice, nice, yeah, and that 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 Mister Miracle too. I I feel like they could have done so much more with that character. I have so many ideas. I'll never get a chance. Yeah, man, come on, come on, new fifty-two. You're, you're you're recreating all these characters as uh, as as black. Why can't you go with the black Mister Miracle? Come on, man. Come on, come on, come on. Give us that. Scott Free, Scott Free, not Scott Free. What's his name? What's his face? Uh, Shiloh Norman. Yeah, Shiloh, Shiloh Norman. Norman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seven Soldiers of Victory, right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brandon, you got your three. Uh, Bishop. Mm, huge fan from the cartoon as a kid. Yep. Uh, Mister Terrific. Mm-hmm. I was kind of upset they kind of nerfed him in the New 52. Loved him in JSA, though. Yeah. And I'm going to say uh, John Chu, actually, from Chu. Really? Okay, nice. Yeah, I, I love Chu. I love, it's such a well-written book, and I love it also, too. Ironically, written by two white guys, though. <laughs> well, uh, one, of my, one of mine on my list is, uh, is well, okay, actually, I am going to say Miles Morales right off the bat. Okay, because he's just become one of my favorites since he's been, mm-hmm. been introduced. I'm still loving it, and I'm reading it regularly, and I'm liking what's coming out of there with uh, with Ultimate Comics still M. Bulletproof from Invincible. You know, he took over the route of uh, the role of Invincible for for a short time there, and, and did a really good job. And plus, I just like the I like the character design. I like the character himself. Yeah, he has some flaws, but I I really like what Kirkman did with uh, with Bulletproof. Over the years, and I'm, I'm I just got the latest uh, Invincible Ultimate Collection in my DCBS shipment, so I could finally read more Invincible after like more than a year because this shit took forever to come out. So maybe I'll have more bulletproof in my life uh, once I'm done reading that. And Static, 
Superhero Static Shock. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mostly for the uh, mostly for the animated series because I, I, there's still a lot of static that I have not read over the years. But oh, um, sorry, honorable mention. Uh, Black will add from Young Justice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally up there. Brett, you got a three. Jaime Reyes. Nice. Oh gosh. Uh, shit. This is really terrible. Samurai Sword Girl from Walking Dead. I can't remember her name. Starts with Michonne. a Y, right? Michonne. Yeah. Michonne. I was thinking Yvonne. <laughs> Michonne. And yep. uh, I like Genki in uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man. Nice. Nice. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. Oh, honorable mentions, uh, since Raph's not on the call and he would have said him anyway, uh, uh, the uh, uh, the dearly departed uh, uh, Adam. Uh, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Choi. Uh, Choi. You're Ryan Choi, who, who, was, who was great while he was around. And mm-hmm. I'm going to mention Forge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forge was the man back in the day. Hell yeah. And Storm, for that matter, because Storm's just got to be said. You know, one way or the other. I mean, all the all the years that she has been leader of the X Men in one form or the other, and uh, some of the best costumes in comics, right there over the also, years. Also, a pioneer for black characters too. Absolutely, she was our she was the Nichelle Nichols for her comics. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And Black Panther, Black Panther. Oh. But Luke uh, Cage. Luke Cage, yeah. No, dude, we, we can go on and on and on. But yeah, no, Luke Cage. And Luke Cage, talk about a character that's evolved over the years. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> no more please, sweet Christmas. Terry Crews, please. Uh, Somebody cast Terry Crews. It's not going to happen, man. It's not going to happen. I know we talked about this like last week. but too I know, old. I know. He's too old for it, but who freaking knows? We still got time. We still got time. Guys, let me get your final thoughts on this Uh I think this has been a really, really good conversation. Probably one of the most adult conversations we've had on Comic Timing in a while. And actually, probably also one of the most focused conversations we've had on Comic Timing in a while. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm really digging it, and it's a good way to, to have 160 out there for the world. But, uh, Brandon, uh, g- give us your final thoughts. Um, yeah, I don't think we should be looking at comic companies which are doing it right now. Mm-hmm. I think that we should be looking at comic companies which are doing it for the future, you know, uh, which are, which are trying to implement steps to be more diverse for the future. Because we all know comics are written in the past or they're planned months and months and months in in advance. You know, it's easy to look at the now and say, Oh, this was a good idea, but really we we have to be progressive with how we look at comics. And, um, we need to start looking at companies which are doing things to get more creators out there for the future. Cause that's, you know, like I said before, written by old white guys and eventually old white guys are either going to leave or they're unfortunately going to die. So we need to be looking at companies which are doing it, trying to be more progressive now. Yeah. Yep. Completely agree with that. And my final thoughts on this are really just going to be like, you know, we, we like to, there are people out there that, that will tell you that racism is over and I'm just going to laugh in their face because it's way far from over. All right. But just along those same lines, like I'd say just about everybody, whether they know it or not, are just a little bit racist. You know, that song that, uh, that, uh, everyone's a little bit racist is true. It is actually true, but there are ways to overcome that. And there are ways to evolve both as a society and as an industry. And the comic book industry can still do that. All right. Open up your doors and just, just grow. You know, let let other people in. Don't just let the son of your aunt 
and and yes, I know that would be your nephew. Yeah, I'm being an idiot here. But uh, uh, in the door, uh, as as your new freelancer, just because he happens to be family, or don't let the the son of a your you know wife's best friend's roommate in the door because of tangential association. You know, just just go out there and try to find the best possible talent. It doesn't matter what color or creed they are, and. Before you know it, whether you like, whether you know it or not, I guarantee you, you will have a more diverse writing staff out there. And the same can be said for characters. Don't immediately uh, decide that a character in your head is going to be white. You know, even if even if you yourself are white, because like we said on this call, there are white creators out there that have are perfectly ca- capable of drawing or writing characters of a different race or or background. Uh, or gender or et- or ethnicity in general just it, it it's freaking awesome to write what you know but it, it's sometimes even more interesting to do the research and write a character that is balanced enough to be something that you don't know and you might actually learn something from that you really really might so th- think about that and have the NBC the more you know going over your head now that I said all that shit so <laughs> let's let's, uh, let, let's roll it over to Julian so I guess for me, my final thought is can, can I connect to the previous question? Is like you have to. I hope that in the future, that the front offices are changed up or made more diverse. Because if the editorial staff and the people who pick talent mm-hmm. are more diverse and, and have more diverse place. thoughts yep. and more diverse like circles of people they know or stuff they're into, it it alone will make it so that the creators are more diverse and the creations are more diverse. You know, there needs to be a certain point where like kids need be need to be able to see heroes that look like them so they feel like they matter. Mm-hmm. Because if you're constantly bombarded with heroes with thing heroes that look like you, you feel like that you're not that you you can't be a hero, that you, you, you really don't count as much and that you not don't deserve to be saved. And that's probably really not talked about at all within comics and I don't think they really get that because some of these things are being translated to other other pieces of fiction and bigger media properties and so I also I guess for people if you're kind of stuck with trying to get in you're going to have to just take the L bite the bullet kill your your gods and go make your own because they might not ever let you in you got to go do for self it's, it's, that's the only way it's going to work. So that's just my thought on the whole matter. If it's cynical, if people's like, oh, Julian's so down, and he was the man. He used to be hyped up about freaking Superman, <laughs> and he was talking about Final Crisis. He was getting hyped. You know, at certain part, at certain times, even Rick Flair, you know, even he, even he tried to say WCW. Even he got down on the, down the count a little <laughs> bit before he got his suits back on and his fur coats. You know what? Some, sometimes you got to dip a little bit to get your hopes back up, and. And and that's and that's exactly where you are right now. And you know what? You, there's still plenty of shit that you are thrilled about out there. And and honestly, that that's that's good. It's it, it's good to to have a to have a uh, realistic mind on things. You know, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, like what like what you like, and if it's not what you like right now, then like something else. Boom. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Hell yeah, hell yeah, Brent. I was just wondering if Ronnie Raymond and Jason Rush are combined mm-hmm. to make Firestorm. Yeah. Why is he white? 
<laughs> he should be tan at the very least. Well, is, he was though, wasn't he? On the old fifty two, he was he was brown skin. Yeah, because he was still mostly. But yeah, when they're both firestorm, and then the two firestorms become one firestorm. I don't know. He yeah, he right. He should be light skinned. It should be like at least tan. That would make quadroon. sense. Yeah, Mexican. And <laughs> and I know I know the history of firestorms to have the the more smart guy in the floating head seat. Mm-hmm. So that would make Jason Rush. And then I guess if the less smart guy is not the floating head, the dominant personality. But I still think they could make him tan. And, and, and those are some final thoughts right that's, there. That's we, the final we, thought. Oh, like, that's yeah. high five worthy. Because, yeah. because I guess if you put a dumb person in the floating head seat, they don't have much to contribute to Firestorm. That's true. That's you know true. I mean? Well, Ronnie was in the floating head seat when it before everything got kablooied and changed around because mm-hmm. freaking Flash's mama died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, we can blame the Flash for everything. This This episode was... Freaking amazing. I want to thank you all for being on it. Let's pimp out our wares uh, before we wrap things up. Uh, Julian, where, where can they find you? Julian Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E dot com. I haven't posted a lot of stuff. I haven't made Ants in a while. Which is my webcomic, Ants.JulianLytle.com. You'll read like three-month-old comics. <laughs> you can look at me on Twitter, Julian Lytle, Instagram, and you'll see me post up random debates where I get up with people about stuff. You and were talking about rap music. You reviewing movies now too? Yeah, I've been reviewing movies for like two or three years now. So like, um, I do that at a site called Punch Drunk Critics. Nice. and they do there's like a on Sunday like at eleven is like a like a live podcast we do, and you'll hear how like everybody say Julian, please come back to watch uh, superhero movies, and I'm like, no, I retired. <laughs> you, you know what? You'll you'll hit a point. And it's not going to be anytime soon. It's not going to be anytime soon. But sometimes you need a breather before you can come back into something. And I guarantee you, about a year or two from now, you'll get that slight itch. Just a slight ah, itch. It's going to be about three years. I already know it. I need I need a long break from this two to three years every two three movies every year. I need a break. Well, then there you go. Watch them. Watch them whenever you can. After that, you know that's 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 it. That's it. And, and if anything catches your itch by the time it's three years old, then. There's this thing called Netflix. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Brandon, uh, where can they find you as always? Uh, you can get me on what Twitter at the Dabadon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get me on Tumblr. Uh, my personal Tumblr is geeksetra.tumblr.com. You can get me at my podcast Tumblr, which is popcultureclash.tumblr.com. That's really also you can get me at a uh, at Pop Culture Clash on the Twitters also as well. Yes, and that goes to me and Baron, and soon to be posted on the Comic Timing site uh, whenever we get around to it. Yep. All right. Cool. And uh, Casina is that Casina B when he tweets once a year? Rarely. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, uh, uh, yeah. Well, actually, coming soon for me is a new baby girl, which you can't have, can't see, can't listen to, can't touch. So, <laughs> sorry, right, it's not, I guess not really pimping that out. Oh, I'm congratulations! Out. Yes, thank you, thank you. But I, I am writing for uh, film games, etc. Thank you, Jimmy Fanis, for roping me in. Nice about movies. So, I've posted two articles so far, and I'm thinking about starting up a. Uh, a little cross promotion there with what I know, superhero films. Hell yeah! Think about calling it superhero school. Looking back at some old comic movies and why they may be underrated or overlooked. Well, uh, you, 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 I know you were. So looking when to... those, if I if I write those, yeah, uh, you can find those on on the Twitter, I guess. 
All right, sweet. Ooh, ooh, and, you, and, you should review uh, Doctor Strange from 1975. Okay. I'm, I'm figuring you got to start with the granddaddy. you got to start with Richard Donner's Superman. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. That'll be the first one, and then we'll go crazy from there. Well, you, you could always decide. I mean, I know, I know you were thinking about renaming BK's Bullets at some point. You could always just rename it to that and turn it into an old superhero uh, movie podcast or whatnot. I could. I could. <laughs> With occasional video game conversations. Hey, well, welcome to the club, Brent. Welcome to the club. Hopefully you get a lot of free movies out of this. And um... I, I doubt it. It's a. It's not a pay-to-play, but it's a... Hey man, it took it took me a while to get these free movies. Man, it took me a while. You yep. get that? Put that oh work. yeah, if if they come my way, I'll certainly be down for it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hey, I'm just glad that uh, that Chris wound up with a screener to the first two episodes of Garfunkel and Oates before they aired, so I could see how awesome they were just in time to I say. Grab is her job to, to watch the entire Simpsons marathon? Because you guys are really celebrating that. Yeah, basically. Uh, well, we have this television in the background, and it's always on. So when when it, when we're not watching something off the DVR, we have the Simpsons on, and we've been watching it since it started, and we will probably continue to watch it. Until it's over, because uh, that's that's the way that that works. Come masochists. on, man. Twelve days Mas- of The Simpsons. It's hard not to. Masochists. What? What do you so mean, masochists? All right, Brandon. When you, you have this TV on, is do you leave the sound on both televisions, or do you mute The Simpsons? Uh we we well, well no 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 no. What I'm saying is, when we're not watching something on that TV, The Simpsons is 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 on that TV. We don't have two TVs on. <laughs> We could if that's we what, wanted. That's to. what you said. Yeah, that's I know. What you said. We could if we wanted to, but we don't. And Brandon, you know damn well from talking to me that I'm not one of those Simpsons haters who stopped hating it after, who started hating it after a while. I still think the show is damn good. It's changed over the years, but it is still a good show. So, all right, mm. so I'm, I'm not, I'm not hating on it at all. Boom. Just the aspect ratio. Yes, just the <laughs> yes, aspect ratio. That's right. bullshit. <laughs> that shit is bullshit. All right. FXX making four threes into sixteen nine and cutting off the frames. That is bullshit. Period. Hey, it looks nice on my Sony Bravia though, so I ain't too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, it was hard to watch uh, the softball episode because I'm like, what's going on? I'm missing half the screen here. Oh, so they cut off the top and bottom of the four by three. Essentially, yep. yeah. They, they essentially. Why didn't they just stretch it? They zoomed and cropped. Why didn't they just stretch it? Because that's common sense. Yeah. Uh, oh, and sometimes they'll stretch it. Sometimes they'll stretch it. It's so inconsistent. And whenever they're showing like Kent Brockman on the TV, that will be four three, and then they'll go back to the crap sixteen nine. That's really weird. If they have the original files of you know or the DVDs at least, yeah, just no, fucking I think play the way it is on there. They're just using probably the same syndicated versions that's been shown the last four or five years on other yeah. HD stations. Well, they're not making new. <laughs> well, Ju- Julian, that's that's the weird thing though. Here in New York on Fox Five, they ain't stretched. That's interesting because they're stressed on what's down here, depending yeah. on the channel. Well, so. I, funny thing, my wife was just telling me earlier today. She was talking to she works on a TV show down here in Florida, and she mm-hmm. was talking to her syndicator today, and they're putting their their show on some airline or something like that. Uh-huh. So, how nice. She, Amanda was asking what specifically they needed, like what kind of file, what kind of codec. So it's not like mm-hmm. they are incapable of providing right whatever they ask for. It's just. This syndicator didn't ask for anything specific other than a full-frame 16 by 9 digital file. And Amanda's like, well, do you want it super compressed? Do you want it original? Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. the whole thing. So it's That used to be my bag, man. When I worked for Pokemon, I did a whole bunch of the conversion stuff out there for the old Pokemon episodes. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. She had a raging fit about her syndicator who doesn't work, who works in TV, doesn't know what a fucking file codec is. And, uh... 
yeah. So it could be it could be one of the. It's a new network. They have new interns yeah. or whatever, and don't know what they're talking about. Apparently, all the episodes are going to be exactly the way that they aired when they're on the streaming service. So that's that's all that matters. Once they're on FX now, they'll be four three what they're supposed to be, and they'll be sixteen nine when they're sixteen nine. We're sponsored by DCBS Disc on Comic Book Service at DCBService.com. 50% off Marvel and DC trades and 40% off your Marvel, DC, Image, and Dark Horse titles, plus a whole bunch of indies for, for dirt cheap, usually 35% off at DCBService.com. We thank them for their sponsorship. And if you uh, also buy Comixology stuff, you can do it through their digital storefront and save even more on your monthly purchase. Julian, great to talk to you, man. It's been too long. It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for asking for me to come on. Yeah, my my pleasure, man. Absolutely, it's good. It's good to get some of the uh, some of the Julian Lyle flavor in there, man. Me and Brett didn't even argue like that. I was just gonna say that, <laughs> man. It's ebony. See, and talking ivory. about racism can bring people together. <laughs> <laughs> and if we were talking about Batman comics, we'd be fighting. Oh boy, <laughs> uh, line stepping uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had to. And Brandon, uh, congrats on uh, two in a row, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Woo! Actually, technically three, because I think I'm still splitting the one before this. So, yeah, there you go. Yay! Woo! The email address for Comic Timing is comictiming at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out at facebook.com slash comictiming for all of your conversation on news and comments, random comments from Brent and myself. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over at comicspodcast.com and the League of Comic Book Podcasts over at comicbooknoise.com slash league. And send us an iTunes review on iTunes. That would be graciously appreciated. And I want to thank everybody out there who donated to Jamie's Avengers. I know that we promoted it a couple times on this show. Uh, The CGS guys met their goal and then some. So I want to, again, thank everybody who donated to the Live Strong Jamie's Avengers. Uh, it's it's great. We appreciated your help and on a lot for cancer research. And, uh, you know, honestly, the more the merrier. They might very well do this again next year. And I will happily support them next year in that, in that endeavor as well. Uh, and, uh, and Brent, uh, the next time I talk to you, you may very well have a kid. So uh, <laughs> congrats in advance for that. <laughs> hey, very well, Dre. It's been long enough since this episode has been recorded that may very well is actually happened. Congratulations, Brent and Amanda, on your baby girl, baby Olivia. Welcome to the Comic Timing Extended Family. Here's to changing diapers and staying up late. Woo! All right. And as always, there's always time for comics. said that we had a quorum because we had two black people because I wouldn't want to have this topic if we just had one black person going to be a unfair discussion. Yes. Well, that, that, not that we're saying we're going to adversarially disagree with everything you oh. say because you're black, but <laughs> wanted to at least be even numbers so that we couldn't have the misperception of having a unfair discussion. I'm, I'm just glad that we didn't get on like, you know, you, me, just just Bill, and like, you know... Dave. Yeah, we, I didn't want to have a, be a whole bunch of white people being yeah. like, So, race. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) It's like three episodes we have in the can. Are we going to have the next episode disappear on us? (laughs) I certainly hope not, man. (laughs) 
That's what's up. It's for yep. lovers, Ian. And I just, and I just, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> and, 